come celebrate the holidays at the National Army Museum in Alexandria, Virginia. Jump in the VR simulators to ride Santa's jet-powered sleigh. Or fly over frozen landscape in the Great Glacier Race. Enjoy special deals and discounts at the museum store and cafe every Saturday in December from 3 to 5. And bring your out-of-town friends and family, too, because admission and parking are free. Celebrate the holidays at the National Army Museum. A full list of holiday fun is at usarmymuseum.org. That's usarmymuseum.org. It's the Alexandra and Friends podcast, and we're covering the everyday issues of life, health, and wealth. And as always, we have a great panel of experts with us. Here is your host, Alexandra Fincher. Good evening. Welcome to Alexandra and Friends 660 The Answer. Thank you so much for being joining us again this Saturday night for a wonderful show with wonderful guests. My co-host, Courtney, is here this evening, and we have a uh, guest host by the name of Billy Tatum, who has just made it rock of this show. He's with Structure Foundation, and we also want to have a very wonderful guest we'll bring to you in just a few minutes. But right now, let's take a little uh, moment to listen to our Pledge of Allegiance the Clark family has put together for us. I pledge allegiance to the flag of America. I draw a little puppet, Wilson stands, one Wilson, and a doll, and a visible. That's awesome. Too much energy. We're having an exciting show this evening because we're talking about all wonderful things that are happening in life, health, wealth, and love. So uh, we're coming back with an exciting young man that I have a privilege of getting to know very well by the name of Andrew Palacios, who is just amazing. He has, when I first met him, I thought he was a like 12 or 13 years old because he's so cute. He does not look 12 oh, or 13. Oh, oh I'm sorry. You I'm just sorry. look very youthful. Like you just don't he have 30 years like behind you. His credentials is what Yes. It is. Oh, my God. The impressive. credentials are amazing. So impressive. Andrew, welcome to Alexander Friends this evening. Thank you for being here and taking your time Thank off you. from school. or Well, school hasn't started for you, but from all the things that you're doing for the city of Carrollton Thank and you. for the young people. So tell us a little bit about yourself, Andrew. Introduce yourself. Tell us about your wife and all your children and all the good stuff. Well, thank you so much. I just want to start by saying I'm so happy to be here. Uh, such an honor and, and, and golly, I've been thinking about, you know, just, just having the opportunity to talk a little more about uh, family and education and a little more about myself. You know, uh, I, I really sit on the shoulders of, of, of those before me. And I, I, I can't, it wouldn't be fair to talk about any of those items I've just mentioned without first talking about God. You know, the impact that, that the values, the principles I've been taught by my family has had on uh, my life, my wife as well, and then my children. So I want to definitely start with that. Um, uh, but, but, but definitely, you know, I, I've seen the value of education, uh, what it does for other people, and what it's done for my life. And so because of that, uh, it's something that I feel is a moral obligation to go out and pick up the uh, kind of the, not, not just the torch, but Take up that effort, take up that goal, that objective, take up that, uh, uh, gosh, that's, it's, it's so needed in our society to go forth and uh, pour into our youth and mm-hmm. to, into the next generation. So I'll just end this little part by saying that because family is so important for me, I feel it's the foundation, the backbone of society. Mm-hmm. And I, I very much want to be a defender and protector of that. I want to make sure that, you know, that's the approach that I bring to education, to the classroom, to a campus. And as an administrator, you know, I've, I've, I've taught at, uh, at, in various places, but as an administrator, I've, I've been in the public school setting, I've been an assistant principal, and now, now I, now I head high school principal. And I know the importance of, 
showing love, uh, upbringing, raising. Some of these students uh, didn't have the, I'll call it a blessing because that's what it is of having, of being raised in a home with two parents. Is that how your upbringing was? Talk to us a little bit about kind of where you grew up and your family and all that good stuff. Yeah, thank you. I, I, I'll, I'll do my best not to get emotional and, and everything, but, you know, mom and dad. Uh, uh, so, you know, I, I grew up in, in the Dallas area and uh, mom and dad, of course, uh, uh, you know, did, did everything they could. Uh, low income family uh, born in, uh, I think our home had one bedroom. Uh, uh, they extended the home to have a second bedroom because they decided to have two children. So my sister and I, uh, but they instilled some of these principles and values, but education, golly, was just so important. And, uh, you know, every little, whether it was a medal or a certificate or diploma, even if it was a, Hey, you, you had perfect attendance this week, they'd put it up on the refrigerator of the wall. And so it was those little things that would instill in me and let me know this, this is of importance to them. I want to do more. And so I, I want to make sure that, you know, and it's touching my heart as you guys can see in my, in my face and maybe oh, yeah. hearing it in my voice, right? It's, it's those little things that begin to form me as a child. And so, uh, you know, I, I'll just say again that there's many others. I know that my story is not everyone else's, but uh, I want to make sure that the approach to education that I have and, and that others are having and the influence that I can have right now is just that, that we can provide a, a family atmosphere mm-hmm. and that we can provide that celebration and that praise and that care uh, for others. Because you have to reach the heart first, I believe, to be able to get to the mind. And yeah. so before you can teach, I taught AP chemistry. And before you can teach, uh, whether it's stoichiometry, any of the, uh, any of the other things in, in the curriculum and the content, uh, the child has to believe and know, hey, I'm loved here. I'm cared for here. And, and I feel protected. Or I feel safe here. And so, you know, that's, that's my approach to I can I relate do. to that. My dad made me want to learn. He made me love to learn. Yeah. Yeah, I enjoy it. Something I don't know, I tackle it. I want to go get it. Yeah. And I, I have, a, I guess, a different story because I was raised by a single mom and my mom, she's <clears throat> she's very strong, independent woman, but she knows she's not the sharpest tool in the shed when it comes to academics. And she struggled through school and barely graduated high school and, and came out as a, um, you know, social worker. And she worked 40 years for the state of Massachusetts social worker right when she graduated high school. So her her look on education is a means to an end. Right. And so. um it was a very different upbringing. She she wasn't fully aware of how school worked, but fortunately, the hard the hardworking instinct she instilled in me made me want to be very competitive in my studies. And so I went off to school and was competitive and stuff like that. But with my own children, I'm very much involved because I agree it it makes such a big difference with your children when they know that they bring home a picture and you make a big deal about it. Right. And you get to talk to them about why they drew that, or you go through their journal and you see their little stories that they write. And it kind of gives you an insight into their world to help kind of carve out a path for them. If you see something that maybe is something that they wrote about or they talked about. And so I think that it's very important. You bring up a very good point. So yeah, I think parents have an obligation. If you bring children to this world, it is an obligation to, um, Take care of them, mm-hmm. to Most give definitely. them the opportunity. Education is freedom. I don't care what anybody tells me. It, poor, being poor is not a crime. Being poor is nothing to, to be ashamed of. Right. Because as long as you're educated and, and learn, you're able to get out of that position. Mm-hmm. And if children, if we spend more time with our children, and, and, and I see it more and more, it, they're, they're not getting educated. And we have that issues because what are they going to do with our future? 
Mm-hmm. What's our future going to be mm-hmm. like? That's correct. So freedom of education is freedom. And I think I appreciate you wanting to be part of it. And I see that you are very involved in community. You speak to a lot of the Hispanic community because you're Latino, right? That's right. Yes. So are you the first one in your family to go to, to, go to college? I, I have the honor, the privilege of, of, of holding that title, if you can call it, <laughs> you know, but it, it, the responsibility over that. And I think for those listening and, 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 and for those of you guys here, you know, when you're the, I would say the tip of the spear, when you're the first to go out, when you're trailblazing, uh, gosh, the responsibility to continue to be that role model yeah. and continue to understand that, you know, you're going to make your set of uh, uh, learning opportunities, right? And, and, but, you know, again, in this feeling of family, in this feeling of, of, um, growing and thinking generationally, uh, I, I, you know, with my cousins and everything, I remember when I, when I stepped foot on a university and being the first in my extended family to do so, uh, uh, wanting to go back and get my cousins and bring them to bring them on campus. And so, uh, walking into library, walking to a a large lecture hall and seeing upwards of 150 or 200 students. And that was pretty neat for me, you know? And so, uh, one time I, I, I brought, and they were older, they were about fifth grade or so. I made the mistake of bringing two of my cousins over (laughs) (laughs) and I sat them at the top. I had given them a lecture part too. Hey, I need you guys to behave. I'm going to give you some paper. I just need you to sit there. I wanted them to feel what I was feeling, but you know, and they appreciate it now. We laugh about it now, but uh, you know, they started to play around and grab some of the paper, throw it around. And gosh, I, (laughs) I, I, I was fortunate enough not to sit close to them. And, and when that happened, I just put my head down and I said, Lord, just, don't let them say we're here with my cousin and point at me. So, <laughs> but you know, just being able to give back and and trying to bring everyone in is is, is definitely a thing. And and uh, uh, my sister now as well, being able to go off and and get her degree. But you know, I I, I would say that you know that the task is monumental. Being able to, and I think you spoke to it, uh, Alexander, being able to close that achievement gap uh, uh, because this is our this is our future. And I think in Texas now, the, the majority is. Uh, minority, at least for the public school system in Texas, I know for a fact that it's majority Latino is Hispanic. Mm-hmm. And so it's of great importance that we uh, are able to build this generation because if we think about the next 20 years or so, this is a working force. And if we want to think about the uh, vitality, the, the, the economy of Texas, and uh, we, we, want, we need to ensure that at least in the public school system that we're doing it, I don't want to say doing it right, but that we're we're taking it as a priority. I, I think education is enlightening, you know, and the way, the way you speak about it, it's like, yes, it makes you feel good too. It's not just about learning so you can go do things and be an active member of, of society, but it's also enlightening. It, it encourages you to do other things and maybe it will lead to you being that person that takes the next step in something that hasn't been done yet or invented yet. And that's what excites me about it. Mm-hmm. You know, the ideas and the creativity behind the knowledge you get from education. Absolutely. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about your doctor. You're currently a doctor of education student in the Dallas um, Baptist University. Is that correct? Tell me a little bit of what that entails. Well, that that's been a journey. It's been a process. I appreciate you saying that just, just recently here, I was able to pass a proposal defense and, and that was a victory all in itself. That's the meeting where, uh, you know, it's behind closed doors and they say you cry and everything else. And so I, lots of prayers went into that one. A lot of, a lot of uh, planning and prepping went into that one. You know, Dallas Baptist University is is where I'm doing my uh, studies at, and I have, uh, you know, I have a long a lot of mentors that have uh, are still with me and guiding me. But uh, you know, I, I I knew I needed more of a 
uh, of a, I knew I needed more of a family knit uh, experience there. And so, you know, Dallas Baptist University offered that for me. And um, uh, right now, I actually, when I, when I went into the program, I'll say it this way, I didn't know I would be a high school principal. Um, I, I, I went and pursued the degree because I just wanted to be better at my craft. I wanted to be uh, the best educator that I could be at that level. And I believe I was uh, a department chair at the time. Wow. And so um, uh, actually when I went to become a public school teacher, I, I had no aspirations to go any further. <laughs> but I think God, God has his, uh, you know, God has definitely his plans and everything. I was very open. I'm always receptive to that. But I, I never thought I would never want it to go any further. I thought I would be a medical doctor. And so that's actually what I did it at my undergrad, pre-med, and my high school experience was actually around anatomy, physiology, more sciences, and more math, and that's how I ended up teaching AP Chemistry. Nice. Which wow. I loved AP Chemistry, by the way. That was very good. My so I took did you go years. to school, Billy? Did you yes. go to school? Computer science, and I fix foundations now for it. So, yeah, you know, you're up here. I did this kind of thing, but yeah. Billy Tatum is with Structure Foundation. He's our, our guest co-host, so we have to talk about that. I was going to be a doctor, but now I manage schools and I'm you know, you know, master of <laughs> biology. And and a councilman, yeah. all the things, councilman. and a daddy. Yeah. And a daddy. So tell us a little bit about the China Project. What? When we come back, will you talk about it? Absolutely. So the China Project is a base well, learning and STEM? Yes, let's table that. But I wanted to ask to... Um, are you, is your school going back in person? Because I think the school that you go to doesn't fall under, did it have virtual options last year? Are you, how you, does that work? You know, last year we had the hybrid model. Okay. And so students were able to, families were able to choose, but this year we're all back in person. Okay. And we're ready for our students. Awesome. So, are you excited? We're very excited. We're wow. ready to rock and roll. Woohoo. So, for some reason I just, what was that movie where the principal comes in and it's like all graffitied and then he's like, what was it? Stand by me. Is that you? But there was another one too, like a younger version that didn't have Morgan Freeman in it, or was it Morgan Freeman? I can't remember. You don't remember that lean movie? On no. Lean on me. Yes, lean, lean on, on me. me. Oh, lean That's on me. Well, with that being said, we're going to ask the question we just asked. When we come back. You're listening to Alexander and Friends. Please like our Facebook, Alexander and Friends 660, and check out all of our previous episodes on alexanderandfriends.com. And we want to come back and ask this question to Andrew Palacios, who is our wonderful guest this evening. Uh, there's a project you work with, which is called the China on um, Project Based on Learning and STEM. Can you tell us what that is? Sure, I'd, I'd be happy to. I I mentioned that this was the first time I traveled overseas. Uh, the first time that I was an airplane for, gosh, for so many hours. And hours. I, I, you know, I saw the Pacific Ocean and, and we landed in China. We landed in Shanghai. Um, wow. They invited, uh, they actually have what I believe to be an annual uh, conference or symposium of sorts, and they honor um, worldwide institutions, educational institutions, whether they be, and I remember seeing some primary schools there, secondary schools there, and universities, and uh, their focus that year was specifically uh, project-based learning and STEM. And so, uh, you know, our rankings are, you know, are published nationally, and, and they can find those. And so, uh, they emailed me. I, I thought it was spam. And I sent that over to my supervisor. And I said, is this something you'd like me to respond to? And, and I got the two thumbs up. And so that's how we ended up there. And uh, I had the privilege of uh, being joined by one of my department chairs. And we had a privilege of presenting and, and kind of teaching some of those educators from around the world and meeting a lot of great people there. And uh, it was very quick. They only allowed us there. The visa was, I believe, 10 days. So it was in and out. And uh, sightseeing was very minimal it was more giving a lot of translators and 
yeah. uh, but it was a very neat experience. I, I wasn't able to take many photos, but uh, if I could do it again, I would definitely make sure I got more sleep, uh, <laughs> calm your nerves a little more, yeah. sleep more on the plane, and you know maybe pack a bit lighter is what I would do. <laughs> when was this? When was this done? When what year was that? Believe it or not, this was right before. I don't want to call it the COVID year, but this was this was the November before uh, that year. So this was the end of nineteen, yes, twenty nineteen. Okay. Wow, what an exciting experience! For I him mean, to have a voice because he's so educated. Wow, that's how it works. <laughs> Tell me, what did you uh, when you came back? What was the impression of the children in China? Their education. And I was asked that question um, by some of their higher ups or superiors mm-hmm, in, mm-hmm, in, in the mm-hmm. education world that 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 is China. Um, you know, I, I would say that the educational system in China is, is quite different than that in the United States. And my humble opinion is that it's all about the initial approach and mindset to education. And so uh, I believe they were coining it as a problem-based learning. And uh, whereas we here, we, we, of course, we have that too, but, you know, project-based learning. So um, ultimately, it's and and I don't know everything there, but you know they value a lot of the memorization and the uh, the ability to recall. Um, and they, I, from what I've seen and what I was told, I'm just speaking from my experience there. The value of innovation, the value of creating, the value of of uh, kind of the freedom to go into makerspace here, right? And and just to be able to create, I keep repeating the word is is uh, what they were very curious about. And so I was able to speak to that because that's ultimately where uh, what we want our STEM students, for example, to be able to do here in the United States. And so, uh, and ultimately to be able to go and do what you'd like to do with, yeah. with in a company or your life and be able to take leadership in charge. And so, I, I, again, I would say that um, uh, it just the initial approach to it was quite different and uh, much to learn from both sides and uh, honored by the opportunity to go and visit and to, just share of our experiences here in, oh, yeah. in, in the Metroplex with them. That would sound great to mix that together, you know. Are we doing exchange students now in the Carrollton with China or any of the international? You know, uh, history tells me, and I've done some research here, that there has been some for uh, the CFBISD. Mm-hmm. And I know that there is also opportunities within some of the local ISDs uh, where some exchange students come. Uh, specifically with the uh, school where I uh, serve at, right? I have the privilege of serving, uh, not this upcoming year, I believe, uh, but hopefully in the future we can, you know, continue to open those opportunities to uh, uh, to our students and, and, and have that. A lot of it has to do with some of the funding, you know, and the demographics that we have there. And uh, we, of course, need some families to host uh, some of those incoming fam- uh, students that come in. But but beyond that, I think it's going to be a great opportunity, and, we, and I do hope that we can see it again in the future. Well. Let me let me just say something. I, I I really love your your attitude, and I love the fact that you are so passionate about what you do, and I think that's what makes the difference. So I have a question to ask you. Do you how do you feel when they ask when they say to you you're a minority? What do you say? I if you if you'll let me, I'll, I'll answer it. To, I'll answer it how they asked me this in China, and so they I, they I have this they, would, yeah. they have this cultural thing. It was very neat. I, I wish I could tell you all about it, but I'll tell you this part. We had a dinner. And they have this moment where the the eldest or the highest ranked, I hate to say it that way, will stand up and give honor to the most important guests of sorts. 
And I guess in that moment in time, I was supposed to be honored, but because of my age, uh, it was, it was a bit strange for them. I think it was a bit difficult. And so I, I could see the, 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 the person standing up very, very dignified. If you could just imagine, you know, a, a, a very shiny suit, you know, just sure. very pressed and clean and everything mm-hmm. and very polished gentlemen stand up and, and everyone just, uh, kind of silence their conversations and just look and it just captivates your conversation too. And, and then he's, he's looking for, I guess, where is that American principle at? You know, <laughs> and, you know, and and he's he's looking and he's looking and and of course, um, he had passed me and and not greeted me and, and that was fine. I didn't really know who he was either, so I didn't take any offense. And I, I think one of his aides or someone tells him, "He's right there. He's right over there." And uh, and so he looks at me and, and it was about a two seconds pause and. And so he, he gives me the, the accolades and everything and is being translated to me. And he, and he says, more or less, I'm going to paraphrase it. He says, well, you're not white. You're not tall. Um, <laughs> I am short. You're not white. You're not tall. And you're not old enough. He says, here in China, we would never give you this position as high school principal. But it's, wow. And so, but, you know, I appreciate the directness sure. and the openness. And, uh, and, of course, it was being translated. So I don't know if there was other cultural factors there where mm-hmm, it was being mm-hmm. softened or not. But, mm-hmm. but he says, and then he goes on to say, but we do hope that. We do um, wish you continued success. We see what your students in the school have accomplished. And we see that America is very unique and that they don't take any of these factors into account when they promote or place leaders in places because of their abilities or their, uh, I think he said, ability to perform. Mm-hmm. And so I, I took it. I smiled. I said, thank you. I, I, I think it was bow your head a bit and yeah. and everything. And then somebody said, you need to stand up. And so I stood up. I did that. And I sat back down and. So I, I hope that kind of answers your question. It, you know, I, I, I get that at times. I I was say, sharing earlier, you know, when I first got, I first was promoted to a head principal, somebody came and said, I need to speak to the head principal for some reason. And and then they came into my office and said, no, I said the head principal. <laughs> and I said, well, that's, that's me, you know. That's me. And, and, <laughs> that's I'm, and I'm glad and because I think you've earned your, you've earned where you are with your education and being able to perform. And that's what we're supposed to be. Sure. So I think when everybody says, you're a minority, I feel like, you know, you're putting somebody in a box that it's, it's how you educate yourself and what you can, the principle of you and that what you can perform in your education. So tell us a little bit about, I understand your public service a little, tell us about your public service. Not only are you teaching, but you're also very involved with the community and your public service. And you are also now deputy mayor pro tem, which is wow. Uh, besides being the city councilman. So tell us a little bit about your public service that you are engaged with. Thank, thank you. I, I, there's a few things I need to start with, and I'm going to start with just my wife, um, because, you know, I met her in college, and uh, we actually led a uh, honor society together. She was vice president. I was president. And because of that, as friends, we were able to handle a, a calendar and, and, and do those things together. So that those skills and, and just friendship uh, has very much uh, been brought over and poured into our marriage. And so now as as I have events, as she has events, you know, we're very much able to juggle that and, and, and communicate and be able to balance that life because it gets very hard sometimes. It gets difficult. Just last night, we, you know, there was a council meeting. It was a few hours long, and she was also in another board meeting. So um, with that being said, um, I'll mention that I started volunteering in the city never thinking, believing uh, that uh, a race for a city council position was in the works or in the future. And so I will simply say that volunteering led to one more opportunity. You get further involved and further involved. 
And before I knew it, I just felt that uh, there was uh, an opportunity for representation, for uh, input, and I felt there was an opportunity for uh, to serve at, at at that position as a council member. So, uh, but but it definitely was not uh, from night to day, and and it just kind of naturally went there. And I think that's, in my humble opinion, I think that's when it's the best when you allow. Organically uh, and or, it just yeah. Yeah. thank you mm-hmm. or, through, you know. through the networking of what you're doing, or just with your heart being in it and no other motive behind it, right? right. I mean, you That's just right. wanted to serve, and that that servant's heart took you to where now you're going to be able to uh, affect and um, I don't know what the the correct word is, but um, speak for your your population, yeah. right? And and that's the vibe I get. Yeah. Both. Vote for Andrew. That's what I say. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the things that I that really makes me feel so good is that you have been involved with the Carrollton Farmers Independence Carrollton Farmers Branch Independent School District very much. You also were involved in the um, Carrollton Citizens Patrol, which I'm dying to. I can't wait to do the Farmers Branch um, because that is a a process that you have to go for many hours to go to class and everything and join them. So, and I see that you are also very involved in the multicultural. Of procedures of the city. So what do you tell the young people of today that especially the Latino community and the black community, what do you tell them as a principal, as a young man that is involved in so much to leave us that, that today, uh, this evening with those um, wonderful thoughts? Yeah, and I appreciate the question. You know, I, I would say that um, one of the items that I, I really harp on, especially with the young citizen communities, what I call them, that the younger generation is not just the involvement, but, and I keep saying it, that family generational piece, the fact that I want them to understand, and I, and I hope with my example they can see that we stand on the shoulders of others. It's important for myself as a millennial, I'm the only millennial council member right now in my city, um, that I, I need to go for advice and listen to and see the example set forth by uh, those of Generation X and those of the baby boomers. And likewise, this generation will have to do the same and leave, I'm going to call it a legacy or leave an example for others. And so I, I, I get, the word is worried. I get worried when uh, somebody wants to, you know, kind of be a, a lone ranger or, you know, a cowboy almost, if you would. And the thought of teamwork or the thought of the we or the mm-hmm. thought of uh, collaboration, you know, especially when you think about a council is not in the vocabulary, the repertoire, or their toolbox. Um, whether you think about education, where you think about medicine, where you think about other things, you can do more together. So I would, I would say that those are the items that I definitely want this younger generation to understand that uh, mom and dad still know a lot. <laughs> Grandma, grandpa know a lot, and, and we need to learn from that. And that is an amazing evening. Courtney and Billy, what do you, don't you think this is an amazing guest this evening? Oh, we just, yes. Uh, yes. Very inspirational. Yeah, very inspirational, yes. yes. Yeah. Andrew, thank you so much for being here this evening. And, and I cannot tell you how excited I was to know that Liz twisted your arm for you to be here this evening. And, and uh, I know you have a lot of things going on, and I can't see what you're going to be when you grow up. So um, we're going to keep an eye on you. Is there anything you, uh, that you want to say before our evening show ends uh, to the citizens and to Carrollton? And uh, th- Thank you so much. I, I, will, I will end with how I ended a. a an interview uh, maybe a few years ago how uh, how much God makes me smile and, and what he did for me and what he, he did for all of us so I'll just end with that with 
uh, with love. Wow. So thank you. You're listening to Alexander and Friends 660 The Answer. Thank you so much, Andrew, for being here this evening. You've been listening to Alexandra and Friends, the podcast. Reach out to us on Facebook at Alexandra and Friends or write us an email, alexandraandfriends660 at gmail.com. Be sure to mark us as one of your favorite podcasts so you never miss an episode.